0: Welcome back, MeSuite listener. I'm Donna Peters. I'm an advisor to executives and next generation leaders who strive to be both career oriented and life minded. The MeSuite podcast is a forum for how to lead our lives with more purpose, planning, and power, like C Suites lead the companies we most admire. The C Suite wakes up every day focused on three key decisions. Number one, are we living our own core values? Number two, Is everything running smoothly in our day-to-day? And number three, how do we as individuals stay fresh and relevant for the future we desire to have? You get the idea. We each need a C-suite mentality for leading our own lives. We each need a me-suite, a source of power for the life-minded. Let's get in there. On this episode of the Me Suite, we're going to have an interview with a confessed, Tech nerd, a tech nerd at heart with a big heart. His name is Wilson Toussaint. He is a partner at one of the world's premier technology consulting firms. He has a computer science background, an MBA from Cornell. He himself has been a CEO, a C-suite leader, and advisor to C-suites on issues all around IT. And in addition to that, he is a very active, active outdoorsman, has a wonderful relationship with his wife, Kim, who I have had the pleasure to know. We actually should be interviewing her because she's quite the superwoman. <laughs> <laughs> and I am thrilled to have here today a, a conversation with a dear friend. Welcome, Wilson to Saint.
1: Thank you very much, Donna. It's a pleasure to be here. So,
0: Wilson, I'm really excited to hear, uh, what are your core values? You know, I start there. Can you share them with the listeners?
1: Sure, would be happy to. I tell you, after that, uh, that wonderful intro, I kind of want to hear what this guy has to say too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear he's pretty special. <laughs>
1: <laughs> too kind, too kind. So four, four key things come to mind. Um, the first is get outside your comfort zone. Mm. The second one is uh, focus on taking one step at a time. Okay. Number three is failure isn't fatal, unless mm. you don't learn from it. Okay. And uh, the fourth one would be take time to, to give back to the next generation. Ah, nice. So in terms of getting outside your comfort zone, what I mean by that is, and this is my, my opinion, the, the, the world according to Wilson. Okay. I think, uh, at least in my experience, that's where the growth opportunities are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, more often than not, you'll be surprised at what you're able to achieve. So just an example uh, of that, thinking back to my um, uh, corporate America days before I went back into consulting, I was a a senior IT executive Mm -hmm. and I was leading a component of a very large uh, program that our company was uh, undertaking at the time. Mm -hmm. And the program wasn't going well. And I had, uh, I kind of reached a fork in the road. Uh, which was, do I volunteer to take over the program or do I stay in my comfort zone, just mm-hmm. running my little piece of it? It wasn't a little piece, but running my component of it uh, that was going well. Mm-hmm. And so I made the uh, the choice to volunteer to take over the entire program because it was important to the company. I cared about the company. And this was the most monumental product development initiative that uh, the company had undertaken in its history, wow, and so in in doing that, I had put myself in tremendous peril <laughs> <laughs> because if i if I stepped up to take the helm of this thing and it went sound, that was it for my career, yeah, bye bye Wilson, yeah, exactly, exactly, but. Um, I, I really believed I could do it, even though this was the biggest thing I had ever run in my career up to that point mm-hmm. by an order of magnitude. And I knew that I had a really solid team, uh, behind me. So I volunteered to take the helm of, of this program. We managed to get it back on track and launch it one time. It was tremendously successful, uh, for, for the company. And I never would have known that I was capable of doing any of that had I not chosen, not made the, the, the active choice to get outside my comfort zone and do something that was uh, quite scary uh, mm. at the time. So, yeah. so that's one of my uh, core values is to uh, get outside your comfort zone from, from time to time because uh, a, I think you'll surprise yourself, and B, that's really where a lot of the growth opportunities
0: are. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for the example.
1: Sure, sure. Um, so, so that's uh, so that's one. The second one, focus on taking one step at a time. So, so here, what I uh, mean by this is, I think that's especially important, especially when you're facing a daunting challenge, right? So you're at the at the base of the mountain, you're looking up at the summit. Which is thousands of feet away, and you can't even imagine how you could possibly get all the way up there. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to think about that and focusing on getting to the summit, uh, just focus on taking that next step and then taking the next step. Um, And then before you know it, you're a quarter of the way there. Before you know it, you're halfway there. And um, then momentum starts to kick in, right? Because Mm -hmm. you make it halfway. And you think to yourself, well, gee, it'd be a shame to quit now after I've done all the work to get halfway to the summit. And then you just keep going. Um, so, so an example of, of that, uh, actually goes back to my, uh, undergrad years. Um, so I was in, in high school, I was a pretty good student, mm-hmm. uh, without really having to apply myself, uh, all that much. Mm-hmm. And, Um, I thought that once I got to college, I could just kind of keep doing the the same thing. So I didn't really work uh, hard uh, when I first got to undergrad. In fact, quite the opposite. I spent a lot of time at parties, a lot of time on the basketball court. And uh, as a result, uh, my grade suffered because college was a lot harder uh, Uh than high school was. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I first got admitted, I had uh, grants uh, to help uh, pay for my education. And by the end of my second year, I had spent so much time at parties and on the basketball court that my grades had suffered to a point where I lost all of that financial aid. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So lucky for me, I was at a school with a co-op program Oh my and gosh. That, that was the, that was exactly the point in time when I needed to go out on my co-op program, which uh-huh. is basically a paid internship that lets you accumulate, uh, work experience while you're in school. Yeah. So, so I'm out on, uh, on my co-op job. I get the letter from the school saying, Hey, your grades are so bad. All your financial aid is now gone. And as a result of that, uh, and I couldn't afford school otherwise without that aid. So I had to stay. Luckily I did, um, uh, well enough at my co-op job that, Um, I was able to stay on with the company and keep working. So I was able to save up enough money to go back to school after about another year. But now things were different, right? Because I couldn't go back to school full-time again because Mm. my financial aid was gone. So now I I put myself in the position that I had to work full-time and go back to school full-time carrying a full load. Mm -hmm. And so now here I am at the base of the mountain. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm looking up at the summit. um, And the fact that I have to work full time and uh, carry a full course load. But wait, it gets worse. So (laughs) by by this time in my undergrad career, I was a a comp sci major, as you mentioned at the Mm -hmm. outset. So by this time in my college career, I was on physics three and calculus four and chemistry three, uh-huh. right? Because I, I just barely skated through the earlier parts of, of, of those uh, subject areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't learn much at all. So now here I am faced with taking advanced calculus, physics, and chemistry, and I don't even have the foundation. So in order to do well, in my current coursework, I had to go back and tutor myself on the things I didn't learn because I was too busy partying and playing basketball, which, you know, now I'm not no longer at the base of the mountain. Uh-huh. I've managed to dig myself a pretty nice ditch <laughs> <laughs> at the base <laughs> of the mountain. So, you know, I've, I've, it's, it's a challenge just to get to sea level versus, you know, uh, nevertheless try to get to the summit. Wow. Um, but I didn't. Focus on the summit. I just focused on putting one foot in front of the other, uh-huh. focused on taking that next step. Thank God, uh, around this time, I had met my lovely wife, Kim, uh, who you mentioned in the intro, mm-hmm. who was a very good student and helped me uh, by following her example. I uh, managed to build some very, very good study habits. So she would go to the library and study, I would go with her. Uh-huh. Um, I joined study groups. I managed to go back and tutor myself on Calc 1, 2, and 3 so that I could do well in Calc 4. And by applying this technique just, you know, one one week at a time, one homework assignment at a time, one exam at a time, one semester at a time, I managed to uh, graduate. Uh, I had to do the final three years of my college uh curriculum full time while I was uh, working full time, which was a a huge difficulty. But I managed to uh, graduate uh, with a, I think it was a 3.2 grade point average, Mm. which was great considering the ditch that I dug myself in the first two years. It was amazing that I was able to bring it up that high. But yeah, just kind of using that technique one day at a time, one step at a time, uh, I managed to overcome something that I didn't think I would ever, ever be able to achieve.
0: So I just want to stop for a moment and let the listeners appreciate how incredibly shocked I am at this story. <laughs> 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 when, when I think of Wilson Toussaint, I think of safety. I think of sound judgment. I think of the most centered <laughs> man on the planet. And now you've told this very vulnerable story about your stick-to-itiveness.
1: This is amazing. Yeah, that was... I I cannot put into words how disappointed I was in myself at the lowest point there uh, or how proud I was uh at my uh and myself at the at the pinnacle there once yeah. once I had struggled through that and graduated.
0: Ooh, that gave me chill bumps. That's awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. It sounds a little bit related to failure is not fatal. Do you want to talk about that one?
1: Yeah, yeah. So this is another another key one. Um because when uh, I'll speak for myself. When I fail, I tend to sulk a little bit, and it feels like the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But life is about perspective and having the right perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, failure isn't fatal unless you don't learn from it. Like if you don't learn the lesson from that failure, then it is fatal. Mm-hmm. But failures are just a stepping stone to eventual success. Mm-hmm. So now I'll kind of go back in the, uh, go back into the archives, uh, to my time, uh, at Cornell Mm -hmm. (laughs) where, where you and I were together. And so, so it's funny. So coming off of that Drexel, uh, experience in undergrad that I just mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, going into Cornell, I did the exact opposite, right? Uh. So there was, there were no extracurricular activities. <laughs> I didn't socialize. I didn't do anything whatsoever but focus on uh, the academic side of things.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, to ensure that went well. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't even go to like recruiting functions because, you know, as you know, these various companies would come on campus, they would host these events so mm-hmm. you could get to know them and ideally get on their interview lists and those sorts of things. I did none of that.
0: Wow, And
1: my logic at the time was, you know, I have to focus on the books because if I don't get the books right, uh-huh. there, there is no job. So, you know, uh, so I put everything else on the back banner, uh, focused on the academics, did well there and then got to May when it was time for us to be picking the companies that we were going to internship uh, with for uh-huh. the summer. And guess how many internship offers I had? Uh oh Zero, Because I wasn't talking to anyone. Wow. So, so I went into the dean's office, hat in hand. Wow. Saying, "Look what I've done to myself. I need your help." <laughs> so he picked up the phone and called some companies mm-hmm. uh, with whom he had uh, relationships and managed to to get me placed for the summer. Mm-hmm. So I did my summer internship. So naturally, when I came back for the second year, I struck a much better balance uh, between uh, the academics and the recruiting functions and managed to write to the ship. And by the time I stopped looking uh, in my senior year, mm-hmm. I had amassed uh, 16 job offers, which was the most wow. of my entire graduating class. Wow. So, so I definitely learned my lesson from that failure the first year and pivoted and uh, came back much stronger the second year. So failure isn't fatal unless you don't learn the lessons.
0: This is amazing. I am just having so much fun in this conversation right now. <laughs> okay, so give back to next generation. What on earth are you going to tell us about this one?
1: Yeah, so, so the first three are really just focused on um, helping us Succeed and achieve uh, Mm -hmm. ourselves, and I think as important as that is, it's equally important to take the time to give back to the next generation. Because when I think back at uh, the struggles I had early on in my career, that really just stemmed from not knowing any better, not knowing certain things. I think it's important once we achieve some measure of success in our in our careers. Uh, to uh, reach back to that next generation and help give them the benefit of our experience of these, uh, the benefit of these lessons we've learned. Mm -hmm. So, and and, uh, what I think about is struggling earlier in my career because I didn't know that it was my responsibility to manage my career. (laughs) And, And further, I didn't know how to manage my career. Yeah. And I I also didn't understand the importance of things like having a mentor. I didn't know how to use a mentor. Mm -hmm. Early on, I thought that if I just did my work, um, you know, kept my head down, did a good job, you know, my boss would notice, my leadership would notice, and everything would take care of itself in terms of pay raises, promotions, Mm -hmm. all that. Uh, Well, needless to say, (laughs) that didn't happen. And, uh, I had to learn the hard way that managing my career was my responsibility Mm. and, and mine alone, you know, people can help you with it, but you own it. So I had to learn how to advocate for myself, um, how to ensure that my leadership was aware of the contributions that I was making. Mm -hmm. I had to learn, uh, that it was up to me to proactively seek out, uh, what the, and understand what the, promotion criteria is mm-hmm. um so that i could take the steps to position myself to be um considered for promotion and so that i could uh craft a plan that could help me uh achieve that level of performance uh to get promoted so so that was one thing that i had to learn painfully and mm-hmm. and losing several years in the process yeah and then uh also i mentioned mentors as well like i didn't know uh, how to use a mentor, mm-hmm. you know, I thought that once you identified someone, you wanted to be your mentor and you asked them and they accepted uh-huh. that, that that was it. They would just take <laughs> you under your wing, uh-huh. take, take you under their wing uh-huh. and mentor you and, you know, good stuff would happen, whatever that meant. Fairy <laughs> dust. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And that's that's not it at all. Like you also own that mentoring relationship mm-hmm. the same way you own the responsibility for managing your career. Yeah. And, you know, that all seems so obvious now that I know better, but it was a complete mystery then.
0: And so is this all under give back to next generation because now you're you're recognizing you learned so much you wished you had been taught. And so now you're teaching others.
1: That's exactly ah, it. Ah, I got you. That's exactly it. Okay. And I, and I come across a lot of uh, young people that are early in their careers uh-huh. um, that, that don't know these things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, they'll say things to me like I'll, I'll ask them you know, how it's going with their job and they'll say it's going well. I'll say, well, what are you focusing on? Well, I'm trying to get to the next level. I'm trying to get promoted. Mm-hmm. I'm like, great. So what are you, what are you doing about that? Crickets, right? Yeah. You just, an eerie silence falls upon the conversation. And I'm like, well, you know, what's the promotion criteria? What's the criteria for you to get to that next level? Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't hear anything. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> how are you working with your, with your supervisor, your boss, your, your mentor? How are you working with them to, uh, uh, to craft a plan to, to get to that next level? Crickets.
0: So many crickets. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I go when I hear those things, I go out of my way to spend time with these folks to help them understand what you have to do. A, a that you own the responsibility to manage your career, the steps you need to take to be successful in doing that and how to effectively uh, engage your, your mentor, your leadership, your boss, your supervisor um, on that journey to, to take your career uh, where you want it to go.
0: Yeah. I do want to ask you a little bit about the personal side of Wilson. So Mm -hmm. I, from my vantage point, you have a very respectful, special relationship with Kim based on equality. And I would love if you have any tips for the listeners about tips for managing a dual career family, uh, thinking about yourself as a corporation, you and Kim as a corporation, (laughs) right? Uh, do you have any tips
1: on the personal side? This is going to sound really selfish. Okay. Uh, but I, I'll, uh, one tip would be put yourself first. Okay. And it, it sounds selfish, but it's actually, I think, one of the most selfless mm. things you can do mm-hmm. for, for your clients, for your colleague, uh, but most importantly for those who are closest to you, okay. you your family and your friends because if you don't take care of yourself, you won't be available to help any of those folks.
0: Mm.
1: And a, a key story that really drove this point home for me, um, was it, this is when I had an epiphany mm-hmm. was a story. Um, one of my best friends told me, mm-hmm. so, and we were pretty young when he told me this, but he was a lifeguard and it was a, a story about a, a, a drowning victim. So mm. kind of like the setup is, you know, you're, a uh, lifeguard on a beach someone gets swept out to sea in a riptide um you swim out there to get them
0: mm-hmm.
1: you reach them you now have them in your arms and you're working your way back to shore but a wave takes the two of you and starts to send both of you towards some jagged rocks mm. what do you do yeah and so my answer was, well, that's easy. You take the, the drowning victim, you put yourself between the rocks and the drowning victim to protect them. And he said, that's exactly the wrong answer. Wow. <laughs> because if you do that okay. and you get severely injured, now you're both dead. Wow. And, and that was like just a, a mind blowing moment um, for me. He said, what you have to do is you have to put the the victim in between you and the rocks so that they take the brunt of the impact and you're still available to complete the rescue. Right. And I was like, wow, <laughs> huh. it's really important to to put yourself first. And uh, another thing that that I hear a lot is, you know, who, who's in better shape, you or your car? And I, I think for a lot of us, you know, we'll say our car, right? Because we stick to that maintenance schedule. and We got to keep it running. Yeah. But, you know, we just don't take care of ourselves um, uh, to that same extent. You know, start putting yourself first because another hour of email or another hour working on that presentation, mm-hmm. you know, isn't going to mean much in the grand scheme of things. But another hour uh on the treadmill will work wonders for reducing your stress level, boosting your immune system, yeah. improving your cardiovascular health
0: mm-hmm.
1: so so that would be a, a key piece of advice uh for me on on the personal side is just start putting yourself first, just take an hour a day, mm-hmm. dedicate it to yourself, make that a mandatory requirement, and use it for something that benefits you, whether it's you know, preparing healthy meals for the week because you otherwise wouldn't have the time to do that. Or whether it's squeezing in a workout or reading a book to just serve as a brief escape from the day-to-day, you know, stresses. Um, Just take that hour and dedicate it to yourself.
0: This is fabulous. You really are wise, Wilson. And I really am (laughs) so thrilled that you are in my life and you have a french last name and so what I, I would like to maybe commit here to listeners is i think we have so much more that we can be talking about and let's commit to a wilson part de.
1: Well, i would be more than happy and honored to do that
0: really wilson oh my gosh you need your own show <laughs> you're
1: too kind you're too kind
0: thank you for joining us in the me suite i'm donna peters Subscribe to the podcast. Share ideas for future episode topics. Visit us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and at theme suite.com. That's the me suite.com. Suite like executive suite. That's the me suite.com. The Me suite, a source of power for the life minded.